clubhouse. I'm Beth Kushnack. And I'm Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set, from Hollywood to your home. For over 30 years, I've created settings for countless award-winning television series and feature films. As a set decorator, I'm a storyteller. My job is to compose visuals that both capture and enhance any story. Now, I want to help you capture and enhance your story. I'm on social media every day, and Beth's Instagram is a must-look for me. Over and over, I see fans asking her, how can I get the look in my own home inspired by something I've seen on screen? There's nothing I enjoy more than helping people create a space that allows them to best express themselves. Subscribing to Decorating the Set means you'll never have to tackle these projects alone. I'll be the decorator by your side. Hey, Beth, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. I am so ready for this topic. Today we're talking bedrooms, and this is something for me that is difficult. You think it should be so simple, just go pick out some bedding and like call it a day, but no, there's a lot of layers to this. Tell me, do you find that a lot of people have trouble with this, and what should we be focusing on? I do find that because there's so many different layers and elements. Even now, while everybody seems to be potentially multitasking in their bedroom, trying to entertain themselves with their TV watching and working and sleeping, having your bedroom be a serene place is pretty paramount right now. It's so hard because I'm like watching TV. I'm working on my laptop. I'm doing so many things in my bedroom. But really, I kind of put sleep last. I think everybody's doing that because their sleep cycles are so turned around. But this is really about creating your Zen true retreat space. I really get lost when it comes to how to create this space. Like, you have to go to that super simple spa-like white blanket on the bed and really stern, sterile, nothing in the room. Or I'm like laundry everywhere, (laughs) just like a scene in my room, you know? Yeah, because we tend to gather everything and throw it behind that bedroom door. But in this situation, in thinking about our retreat and our restful space, we're going to get into many options that are available because so many items at different price points can change up your bedroom in an instant. I'm so excited about this. And I love that you have your tips and tricks from being on set to be able to help us understand how things are actually impacting us in a bedroom. So can you tell us a little bit about some times when you're on set and like, how do you even begin with a bedroom? Where do I start? We always start after we read a script by breaking down where we're going to shoot something. And inevitably, because bedrooms usually become intimate scenes for actors, we usually build those sets. It's not something that we think about shooting on location. And we protect their privacy and we put up even curtains around our bedroom sets, an extra layer of curtains literally around the set walls to protect the actors and make them feel comfortable. Where we start always is with the envelope 
which for me are the floors and the walls. Inevitably, when we're designing bedrooms on stage, we use wall-to-wall carpeting. So is that something that you recommend for people? I do, although now what seems to be even more common is where you might not want to put down wall-to-wall carpeting in your bedroom, but you can have a piece of carpet sized to almost the whole size of your bedroom and just have a little bit of floor showing around the perimeter of the carpet. You just have a piece of carpet bound at a local floor covering store and you don't have to put down carpet so it's anything permanent. Now, I know there's always a big question when it comes to like an area rug in a bedroom. I know sometimes people will put an area rug right under their bed and it'll stick out like an inch on either side. Always confusing. (laughs) Or they'll take an area rug and they'll put it perpendicular to their bed at the end of the bed. Are, Are these like, yay? Are these like, oh my, you're getting this wrong? Neither is really right or wrong, but I do recommend that you can make your space look larger. If you get a larger area rug, so you can see more of the rug on three sides of the bed that are exposed. That makes sense to me. Cause I mean, why are you going to bother? <laughs> right? And <laughs> like only your, your toes just barely touch it. Sure. Not only is it great to keep your feet warm, but it certainly makes the space look larger with that bigger field of rug around the three sides of the bed that you're seeing. After we get our flooring kind of warm and cozy, so you don't have to put our feet down on that cold floor. Next thing is our walls. There's so many options. Again, we're applying these set tips to whether people live in their own homes and where they can pick a paint color or wallpaper to people who rent apartments and might not be able to change up the average white apartment, but there we would use some temporary wallpaper. So when I'm making that choice between wallpaper and paint, is there anything that I should be taking into consideration? I have had some private clients in the past where we've decided on paint, they didn't want wallpaper in the bedroom. And even after living with it for about six months, they just wanted to up the ante a little bit. And we ended up not only putting wallpaper on all the walls of the bedroom, but we actually put it on the ceiling as well. Whoa. So what <laughs> wallpaper does... That's mind-blowing, Beth. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Thinking outside the box a little bit. Right? You know, it, it had an architectural ceiling. Oh. So it had sections, a lot of trim and beautiful woodworking. But there were, you know, flat panels that were painted and we just decided let's get that texture up on the ceiling too and enhance the whole space. So we're deciding on our paint or wallpaper. If we decide to go with paint, am I looking for colors that look good on me? Am I looking for colors that look good to my You're looking for colors that you want to live in. That is my key for a bedroom. Soothing colors, colors from nature. I would say that if there's going to be any pattern on the walls in a bedroom, I would put it on the wall that your headboard sits on so it's literally behind you. You get to enjoy that pattern when you walk in the room or when you're sitting at your desk in your bedroom, but it's not something that's surrounding you when you're trying to settle down and get some sleep for the night. 
That makes so much sense to me because that's sort of your feature wall, right? That's what you're kind of building off of. Yes. And you can control exactly how much you're featuring because nowadays there are headboards available at so many different heights and so many different sizes that you can have a little of the wallpaper exposed with a really high headboard, or you can have the whole wall practically exposed with something lower and covered by pillows. So when I'm thinking about my paint color or even my wallpaper, and I'm kind of looking at my samples, I think I do the same thing every time. I feel like I like either paint a little swatch or I kind of put it up on the wall, but I'm always looking at it in the day. Actually, the best thing to do is to put up a larger swatch of any wallpaper. If you're going to order a swatch from a company, order more than one so you can tape them together. And if you're going to get any paint swatches, get the larger swatches that many companies are providing and put them up in two or even three places in the room. You want to do that because the light is different on every wall, near a window or not near a window. You want to look at these colors and these swatches and see how you feel about them, both in the daylight and at nighttime when your lighting is on in your bedroom. That's such a good tip because I think so many of us bring it home from the paint store or we get it in the mail and we just plop it right up and we make a decision. And we never think about what is it going to look like at different times of the day? Is this going to like glow in the dark or what? You know, you would be surprised on set, even with my experience, how many times the paint color gets selected and then even the set gets painted and we say, uh-oh, <laughs> we really blew it this time. Because it's not an exact science. It's something that is a kind of up to everybody's individual eye, but I definitely have my go-to colors. What I'm hearing you say is give yourself a little grace here. You could put up a whole wall and you could live with it for a little bit and hate it. And you don't have to be like, well, this is the color I picked, so I got to stick with it. That's exactly right. You should have an open mind about making a mistake. When we're talking about wallpaper, this is a place where I feel like people make massive mistakes, Beth. I mean, the bubbling, the messiness. Talk to me about this. What should I be doing? What should I be looking for? There's so much inspiration out there and there are so many possibilities these days with temporary wallpaper or with beautiful grass cloths. And there's so many price points. I recommend staying within your budget, working with what you've got and thinking about a couple of things. When you're looking at these upscale looking and feeling grass cloths, something to consider is that they don't come in very wide widths. So when you have them installed, I've certainly had times when we've thought, wow, after the installation, there's so many seams mm. in this wallpaper that I feel like I'm looking at a wall of seams instead of just a vista of color and texture. That kind of expensive grass cloth I use more in a smaller space, like a powder room. Oh. You should think about the width and about matching up your patterns in wallpaper. And there are these companies now where literally you just send them the width and the height of your wall and they size the wallpaper for you. What? That sounds like yeah. sorcery here. That's amazing. As a set decorator, you're only really as good as your vendors. And I am every single day looking for new inspiration. Just this morning, I saw a company that is selling a wall mural and their inspiration for this particular wall mural is Wes Anderson, the famous director Wes Anderson's aesthetic. 
So it's an architectural wallpaper mural. There are so many ways to think about how people get inspired by what they see in films and on TV. That was so interesting to me because it wasn't even a pattern necessarily that you would associate, but just this vibe of a Wes Anderson aesthetic. Everything else that was in the room that was featured, which was a bathroom, it all blended together. And maybe it wouldn't be exactly what you would think of right away. But, oh, I saw Wes Anderson. They made the reference to and you see it immediately. I love it when you can bring in some whimsy with wallpaper, like some sort of more lighthearted feel to it. Because I know what you're talking about. You had pointed out that Wes Anderson print to me. And it's so amazing because it's so architectural. But at the same time, it's got like a little bit of fantasy feel to it. Sure. And then it's in pink. So that goes even further (laughs) and really perfect for anyone looking for that kind of feeling in their bedroom. So after we get our wall set up, where are we heading next? Next, we're heading into window treatments because window treatments really determine how you live and sleep in your bedroom. Obviously, the blackout factor is major if that's what you need. I'm a major blackout curtain girl. I need it to be like we are walking into my tomb, my catacombs, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) I have to have it totally black. I have a little fan and it has a little blue light on it. That is unacceptable. I had to put tape over the blue light. You know, I'm the same way. The cable box light is too distracting. I had to turn it around. What is with us, Beth? We're kind of a little bit of a mess. We're like a pinpoint little light. I do not think so. (laughs) Well, because then when you're so precise, your eye goes right there and doesn't let up. Exactly. You're so right. Okay. So when I'm thinking about my window treatments, I know that people do all kinds of things with curtains. I mean, I have seen them hung at so many different heights that it's kind of mind boggling. What do you recommend for those? Well, first accomplish the technical needs that you might have of blacking out your room with just a roller shade from the hardware store, a blackout shade, or move up in price points, certainly, to remote-controlled shades, blackout shades. But in terms of decor, I always recommend doing something that fits within the color palette of the room. And the way to enhance the scale of your room and kind of trick the eye, something that we do on set all the time, is we hang our curtain rod way above the window frame. People don't necessarily tend to do this. You know, they think, oh, their curtain length is just the height of the window. Yeah. But there's usually a lot of wall space between the top of one's window and before they get to the ceiling. So the higher you hang those curtain rods, and now there are curtains available in so many long lengths just through ready-mades at all different stores. That is another trick that fools your eye, just makes your ceilings look higher. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know. You might be like, Caroline, what are you doing? So when you do that, can you leave the curtains open? And is it okay to have like wall, window, wall? Or is it like, this is okay when you're like keeping the curtains closed all the time? Oh, no, it's great. You know, the thing is, you just want to have a decorative curtain rod. You don't want to see those metal, simple tension rods. When your curtains have rings on them or when they move back and forth, I know a lot of people have their nighttime ritual of preparing their bedroom for sleep, which is so important. 
So you just have a easy slide back and forth with rings on your curtains or with a wand. I love a wand, Beth. That's so fancy. <laughs> but I don't that, have enough wands in my life. It's, it's very common, Caroline. There's <laughs> lots me. of options. Lots and lots of options. I love that. Okay, so I have my blackout curtains. I'm, I'm choosing a color that is really going to be blending in with my wall color. So as visually, when I have my curtains closed, they're not going to be like catching my eye. Or you want to go the complete opposite and make a statement with big, bold, different than the wall color curtains. It's definitely another choice. We need those choices, Beth, because we have all different yep. personalities working on here. So after we get our window treatments going, where do we head next? We're going to furniture. One of my design themes continues here in a big, big way, which is I am the anti-suite of furniture set decorator. Now, some people are like, what's a suite? Are you talking about hotel room? What do you mean? A suite is when you go to a store and you buy the same matching end tables that matches the mirror and that matches the tall dresser and that matches the big long dresser and that matches the headboard. It's the way that our parents lived, their suite of furniture where everything matched and you had to make a decision what your entire room was going to look like. But I like to shake it up a little bit and make most of those things not match. That's why we all love you because you like to shake it up. <laughs> What is okay to have matching? I like to have the end tables match because I do think there's something to be said for symmetry, especially when you have to get into lighting on both sides of the bed. Past that, I think this is a great scenario where you can do something unexpected and where you might be able to get one of your family's hand-me-downs or heirlooms into your room take the dresser from their childhood or the end tables from a relative's bedroom suite. That's a good way to feature a piece that you want to hold on to. Other things in our room, we have our end tables. What do I need to be thinking about with our bed? It's your biggest piece. It's, again, another question you have to ask yourself. How do you live? Do you do a lot of work leaning up against your headboard? If that's the case, you want something upholstered and comfortable. Is it a situation where you have more than one bed in a room? Is it a situation where your partner that you're sharing your room with has a particular preference? These are all ways that you do your character analysis. That's what I do when I think about who I'm designing for. What's the most important thing in, in that way of how they live and how they need their decor to serve them the best? So I'm going to choose an upholstered headboard because this mm -hmm. is this feels like it's going to be easy for me to kind of lean against when I'm reading or when I'm working on something or maybe I'm just watching TV. Should I be looking at just plain upholstered background or, or can I be a little bit more brave? Oh, sure. It's just a matter of balance. If you're choosing to be bold in your wall covering, I would keep it a little bit more subtle in the pattern that you choose or the fabric that you choose for your headboard so many options. There's an option just to have the headboard, no footboard and no side rails. When I do something like that, I like to choose the same color bed skirt 
it's a good way to dress up the three sides of the bed that you're seeing. I like to choose a color that matches either the headboard itself or the linens that I'm going to use on my bed. Like if the whole bed's going to be white, I would pick a white bed skirt. That makes so much sense to me. Way more seamless. Exactly. It really brings it together as a complete look. You could do something that was like a lower budget item, like picking a dust ruffle or bed skirt. You can pick those up fairly inexpensively a lot of different places and then be able to make your bed look so much more expensive. Yes. It's really about taking the time on set. As my team would probably tell you, one of my major pet peeves is how we dress, as we call it, a bed. My team of set dressers, I would say all of them have some incredible talent and they all have certain things that they're all real experts at. We've developed a team that are experts at making a bed. Wow. And there is a trick to this. When we're working on a bedroom set, whether it's a hotel room or any character's bedroom, we get out the steamer, we get out the ironing board, and we get out a rack and we iron and steam everything. And the point to that is when something comes out of the package for your bed, it usually has lines in it from being folded in the package. In order to make the bed on set look authentic, we make sure that the linens are washed, that they're steamed, that they look like they really get use. One thing to make up a new fresh bed that I recommend is to have the linens washed and ironed if they need it. Use a mattress pad, which some people think is a unnecessary item, but it helps preserve the mattress and the linens. I'm a big fan of turning my mattress pretty often. It might be a hard task to do on your own, but it's something that with all these pillow top mattresses, which are expensive, mm -hmm. it helps to preserve and protect what your investment is. I love that you're talking about a team because that's something that you're offering to our listeners in terms of being a part of their team trusting other people to actually purchase something for you or make a design decision for you is so difficult. So it's amazing that you have team members you're willing to trust some of those actual execution decisions with. So when it comes to our listeners, you guys are able to send in pictures and questions and bring Beth in on your team. She will completely help you make some of these decisions because this is really hard. We're at the point of our bedroom where we're trying to choose our storage stuff now. And I'm not really sure where to go. I love it that fans can send in pictures and questions to us and you can actually be a part of their team. I think that's amazing. I will tell you that after many years of doing this, I am very definitive. These are decisions that might be very, very difficult for fans, but I can promise you that I'll know in an instant. Oh, that's Where like, lead you. <laughs> that makes my mouth water, Beth. <laughs> oh, decisiveness. It's so sexy. I love that. <laughs> okay. So we're back in our bedroom. We're talking about our storage. Yeah. Stuff. What do I need to be thinking about in terms of my accent furniture or really like anything having to do with how I'm going to store my things? Storage is key. We're all trying to keep our rooms together that we're spending so much time at home in. There are so many new ways to help in a bedroom. There are beds that literally lift up and have storage drawers under them. There are accent pieces now being made even with faux fronts. What? Where, yep, it looks like a cabinet door, 
but you open the cabinet and there are drawers. Oh, rad. Okay. These are pieces that can plug into a corner. There are literally beds with shelves in them. You know, the whole headboard is a grouping of different shelves. Another thing to consider when you're talking about a redo or a refresh is what do I need to store in this room so all my personal things aren't always exposed? I know that I've seen all these really multi-use pieces of furniture, like these newer mirrors that you can hang on the wall. If you're going to take a selfie or an outfit of the day, now they have like the special lighting to actually make it look nicer. But then they open up like a door and like all your jewelry and like extra storage can be in there. Any kind of good design is a kind of multifunctional design. That's paramount for people who are living in small apartments or sharing a space and have roommates. Some of these things can make all the difference in how you go through the chores of your day and what you have to do and what it takes to get dressed, pull your stuff together, how you get to be in this serene room because you found a way to give everything a place. There's these extra little added things that furniture has now that people may not be aware of that if they haven't gone shopping. I saw that they now have like end tables where you can just rest your cell phone on it and it charges it. They also have ones with USB ports that are already just right there at the edge for you. Little moments like that, I think that like take the stress out of your day. You know, you're not sitting there struggling with, you know, a big long cord. I think those things are so small, but they make a big difference. They make a big difference in your routine. And it's also what hotel design has taken on. It gives you that escape from the hassle that everybody needs right now. Oh my God, right? <laughs> Can we have a little less stress, please? <laughs> when we're considering our room and we're considering having more than one person sleeping in a room, I am always curious, like, is it okay to be mixing different personalities or styles in one room? You know, the bedroom is probably the most shared room between two individuals with two different styles and concepts of how they want it to be. Just like I do character analysis and create a backstory for every character in whatever show I'm on, I always recommend to partners that they really talk about this. What suits their needs the best, their individual needs, and then their needs together in this one particular room. This is a place where give and take is very important. Somebody might have to give up on the style of the headboard versus the rest of the furniture in the room. There should be this really conceptual kind of discussion before big purchases are made. I think that's so important because it is supposed to make both parties or multiple parties feel welcome there. And so, you know, you don't want to have that thing where you walk in and you feel like, oh, my God, this is I'm like living in someone else's house. Right. So first, you've got to solve your temperature issues. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you've got to solve your style issues. Right. 68 or bust, Beth. <laughs> yeah. I can help you only on the style issues in this department. <laughs> but there's also some kind of equitable situation that should take place. If I'm going to have a big drawer in my nightstand, the person I'm sharing my bedroom with should have the same size drawer. That's how you split up the two sides of the bed. You know, I am a big fan of letting people live with the things they need. And sometimes one side of the bed has all the extra self-care rituals and things they want 
to have next to them. And the other side of the bed has one book and it's completely empty. But that's just a show of who's inhabiting this space and they should do it the way that they want to do it. Nightstands are so personal and I feel like it is a place where you can show a lot of your personality. How has that played out for you on set? Oh my God, I've done incredible character development in scenes that require people to rifle through a dresser or rifle through a closet or a nightstand. You know, this is a situation where usually the costume designer on a show and I collaborate because I literally have to provide that character's closet dressing. I wouldn't go and use colors and clothing that didn't match who they were because again, it wouldn't be realistic, but I tend to be that top layer of life kind of set decorator. And whether it's gonna be seen or not, you open up any drawer or closet or cabinet on a set that I do and it's filled. There've been late night searches in my own bedside table. Oh my. Where I've had to fill a bag and bring it for dressing the set in the morning, but that's what we do. And it's all those things that you collect, random things, the button that fell off your shirt or the couple of coins from your change of the day or some brochure for something that you've been meaning to look into that you just throw in your bedside table drawer. All those layers and layers of character is how I tell a backstory. And that really informs both the script and the actors, and it gives everybody a kind of vibe of reality that usually enhances to any job I'm on. And for those people who are feeling like, oh, I should be keeping my bedside table just like perfect, pristine. I love that you're on the flip side of things and saying, no, like the more realistic thing is that you do have that ticket stub or you do have that hair clip that you took out or whatever on your bedside table. That's normal and that's okay. Everything doesn't have to look sterile. No, I am not a fan of really sterile contemporary design. I'm really a character builder and I want people to have the things that they need to function and the things that make them happy around them. That's so important. So getting into the most important part of a bedroom for me, I think, is those cozy linens and what I'm going to be like hopping into. What are things that I should be looking for when I am choosing linens from my bed? Anybody who knows me knows that lamps and lighting are my number one obsession. Number two is linens. I have a deep affection for linens. <laughs> I love that. I might have a deep affection for linens and I didn't know, but I'm glad to know I can say it out loud now, Beth. Yes. Yes. Join me, Caroline, because <laughs> I'm telling you, it can be very, very satisfying this is a place on set where I can absolutely tell a character's story. I've been in a situation before where probably some of my top five questions ever from fans have been about a certain character's linens. Yeah, do tell. Olivia Dunham's linens, Paisley, beautiful linens from the TV show Fringe became so popular that they actually sold out. They didn't make any more of them. Oh my gosh. So as fans were asking me desperately where to find them, I was dealing with the company making them and the product wasn't available. Oh, wow. 
What I do recommend is if you get hooked, completely hooked on a duvet cover or shams for your pillows that are a certain pattern or certain style and not something that's just solid and easily found, I really recommend that you buy more than one set. So smart. So smart. They seem like they change the patterns like every six months. They change them a lot and things become out of stock and unavailable. If it's something that you want to keep, don't rely on finding it again. It's just best to buy two sets. That is so smart. So, so smart. What other things should I be doing to kind of elevate my linens? I never use just one plain set of linens. I always mix the linens. I mix the pillowcases. I mix different things from different companies. You can have this beautiful print on your duvet cover and your shams and then do a stripe or a solid on the actual fitted sheet and top sheet. I really recommend in this situation, there's no risk to take because there's so many options at every price point. It's just easy to do. It's easy to change up. It's easy to have a couple of different sets. Maybe you want to be just focused in one colorway. Like many bedrooms, people pick a soothing, maybe blue and white. All their linens are in that family. You know, so you could pick two colors and just focus on that, depending on what the colors are in the rest of the room. If you're one of those people who are drawn to like bed in a bag situation, at least purchase multiple bags so you can oh, mix yeah. and match your sets. No one bed in a bag is going to make the ultimate That bed. is not going to do. <laughs> that is the minimal we can do. Is that's that's bag minimal. That, that's okay for your dorm room. It's not for a grown-up's bedroom, in my estimation. There are so many ways to dress a bed, to think about taking a throw or some beautiful piece of fabric that you maybe have from your travels somewhere and cover some of the upholstered headboard with it, you know, just throw it down like you're putting a rug over your headboard. I know it sounds strange, but believe me, it's another layer of telling your character's story. You can take a solid blanket and fold it down to the end of the bed, use that as an, another piece that really grounds the bed. If you're someone who just can't handle the throw pillow story, of which we all know there <laughs> we are do know that story. tons of throw pillows. They tend to be horror stories. <laughs> right. But the new thing that I've been seeing a lot of is just one big long body pillow. And that goes across your bed and it's another way to bring in color and texture. And then at night, what are you throwing off the bed? Just one pillow instead of ten. That is a brilliant way to get in a pop of color and avoid having that fussiness of just all those pieces. You know, it can also be made out of a really luxe fabric. That's where I would have a velvet pillow or some woven, beautiful silk pillow. That seems like it brings in so much more pattern and texture to a room without feeling like I have to do this big budget item. Yeah, the price points of linens are so varied. And I think it's important for the listeners to think, where do we want to spend in this bedroom? Now, of course, to me, number one is comfort. So getting your mattress first is the key and everything else comes after that. 
if you lead with comfort, especially in this room, you can start to add as time goes on. None of these items all have to be purchased at once. That is such a relief because I think a lot of people feel like, well, if I can't get it quote unquote done, then I'm just failing at this. I'm not being successful, but you're telling me it's okay. Never failing. This is not something to think about failure at. It's just a way to keep moving forward. You know, something that you want to keep enhancing, that you want to give to yourself. Everybody being at home and not traveling and spending all this time looking at the rooms in their homes and deciding that needs a refresh, that needs an, a, a new look. This is a way to give yourself something that's going to last as well. The longevity of buying a new mattress, of buying some bedroom furniture, it's going to make a big difference in how you feel. So I know you said your number one love was lighting. So talk to me about what I need to be thinking about when it comes to lighting in my room. Well, again, we go back to what do you need to do to function there? Do you need to read and do work at night? Is this a place where you have the option of hardwired lighting, both on the ceiling and by the bedside? That will inform what kind of lighting you need. This is also a place where you're at different levels when you're lying in your bed, when you're sitting in your bed. You need to think about where the light hits. You don't want to see any exposed bulbs in a ceiling fan with lights. You don't want to be looking directly into a light bulb that maybe a lampshade isn't low enough to cover. So you've got to move around, put yourself lying on your bed and see what you're really looking at. And then scale is important. If your lamps are too low, you could buy a different lamp or you can take some kind of decorative box and put it at the base of your lamp and lift your lamp or a stack of books. You know, none of this has to be something that you always have to purchase. It might just be more like a set deck problem to solve in your own room. So I'm going to actually sit in my bed and I'm going to look around at my lights. I'm in Texas. And so for me, I mean, almost all houses have ceiling fans in every room. How do I even deal with that with like the light bulbs staring down at me? What do I do with that? There's a lot of light bulbs available. You might want to try a different wattage. Or the best thing that I can recommend to you is anytime that you can have a dimmer on your light switch, it is the bedroom that you would want it to be in the most. That is the room that you want to have a dimmable light. That is such a good tip because I never would think about that. And it's really simple to just add a dimmer switch really to any of my hardwired lighting. Yeah, it's really a simple trick. And it not only sets the mood, but saves your eyesight. Right. And so if I can't do hardwired lighting, I know that they have those three-way light bulbs. But then also, I, I know you were telling me something about some wall sconces. Yeah, there are wall sconces that you can just hang on the wall and then they come with a metal strip that's the same material and same color as the sconce itself. So it covers the wire that comes from the sconce down to the floor where you plug it into a regular existing outlet. That's such a nice workaround, especially for renters, but also for a lot of us don't have the availability of that hardwiring wherever we'd like it in the room. It's really incredible in terms of home decor, what is out there and available at every price range. 
the goal is to get the look and I could show you, say, one particular look of any show that I've done that you might want to recreate. I could show you easily probably half a dozen price points of the same kind of item that you could redo your room with. That's amazing because I know a lot of our listeners have seen different characters' rooms that you have done and really are inspired by them. I know you were speaking of Olivia Dunham earlier from Fringe. You had talked a little bit about how you got her room put together. Can you tell me a little bit more? I did go back and look at her and thinking about how popular her linens were. And even in those days when we were doing less meeting about character development, we moved her almost innately into being a different character in her work than she was in how she lived at home. When you saw her in her FBI office setting and in the lab, she was a very professional, very black and white character. White shirt, black suit or gray suit, very conservative. And even her physical stance as a character was very professional and very upright. And then at home, we went into these warm, lush fabrics and much, much more casual. She was dressed differently, different colors, different feeling. The way that she moved around the set and in the room, whether it was sitting on her bed or sitting on her sofa, took on a completely different persona. That seems so opposite to what most of us would think in terms of like, well, if I'm like a very severe person, then probably my bedroom is going to reflect that. But I love that you're saying, no, consider actually going the opposite and really using that as a place where you can have that softer side of you. I do think that the best way to kind of escape from what expectations are that you might have to be in your work life, in your home life, if you can find a way to have balance by giving yourself one part of one and one part of another, it really will make a difference. It also seems like I should not shy away from putting like my most personal things in my bedroom area. So things of my hobbies or just feeling comfortable about expressing myself more. Yeah, it's definitely a place. People like to be surrounded by family photos in their bedroom and things that they've acquired on vacations, memorable and meaningful things to them. I've taken pieces of jewelry and put them in a shadow box for someone in their bedroom or some kind of collection of vintage postcards and things that just evoke a certain time in their life or a memory that creates another layer. The characters that we see on TV a lot of times sort of give us permission on how we can do things at home because we see it's like, oh, oh, okay, I see Olivia can be very conservative and severe over here. But she can really let her hair down and be like so much more chill over here. And I know that you have other characters that a lot of our listeners often ask you about. It's true. I would say that since 2009, when I started to have ways to interact with fans, which for a set decorator is a very different experience. The fans of The Good Wife brought me out from behind the scenes, actually, where I've been for so many years. The absolute number one question I have ever received is, what color is Alicia's bedroom? That is such a good mystery. Are you going to tell us here today? I am going to give it up right here today. Oh, my God. 
I am going to tell all of you. So get, get ready. Get your pen out, people. Here we go. <laughs> get your pen out because you're going to have to rewind and listen again. This is the number one question I have ever received. What color is Alicia's bedroom? And Alicia's bedroom is Benjamin Moore, number 1564, Beach Glass. Just the name of it sounds soothing and amazing, like I'm on vacation. Tell me a little bit of the story behind this color. How did this happen? And, and what were you thinking of when you picked it? This color was actually in my own bedroom. And we had a directive on the good wife to keep the warmer tones for the work life and the cooler tones for the home life. This color has this ability. Talk about, you know, light and color and how things change. This color has this incredible ability to take on a cast of what's around it. In some rooms with some lighting, it goes more to the blue. In some rooms with different lighting, it goes a little greener. It's just this perfect combination of the colors of nature, I think. Even though it's a strong color, it makes it actually like the best neutral background. It sounds so relaxing. It's a really good, relaxing, zen, beautiful tone. When I'm using a color like that, what would you recommend for things like trim? And does it really work with all styles? In a lot of ways, beach glass is successful because it can feel very modern. It can still feel more of a period color. It can feel traditional. Anyone can change it up by changing the trim color, the ceiling color. I like it with a warmer white. It's very universal almost. I don't know, it just kind of created a palette that we worked with for many years and everything just melded beautifully with it. I know in Alicia's room, it was white trim. To me, those two combination of that blue and the white trim just feels so like crisp and clean. Yeah, it's yeah, fresh. Like vacation-y really. too. Just, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so soothing. I love it. I'm so glad that you were able to tell us this, that because I feel like so many people have been trying to replicate it in their own home. I'm sure to a bunch of <laughs> sad faces not figuring it out. There are a lot of Pinterest pages devoted to such issues. Wow. So here we are, the perfect place to tell everyone because they can return to this for the information and please feel free to share. Absolutely. And we can include information in the show notes for you guys. So in case you're driving in the car right now, or maybe you're sitting on a beach somewhere and you don't have a pen handy, it will be down in the show notes. So you can definitely check it out later on. Beth, this has been super informative. I feel like I really know what I'm going to be doing with my bedroom. I understand my steps of where I'm going to start and the things to be considering as I'm making my choices. Tell me what our three takeaways for us from today. Well, again, I'm going to go back to what's happening for all of us these days. And the bedroom is where a variety of activities are happening. I just want to encourage listeners to keep the bedroom about their own self-care and rest. Try to think of it as a pure space that really gives you a place to be to reinvigorate and feel okay dealing with another day. 
It feels like our bedroom should wrap us up in a big hug when we walk in there. Yes, they're going to be the hug that everybody needs. I think more than ever, I breathe a little sigh of relief when I crawl into bed and just try to clear my mind. It is the most comfortable place. I think even my children prefer to be in my bedroom as opposed to their own because it's just familiar. You know, the smells, the sights of mom is so cozy. Yeah, and it feels safe and comfortable. And that's what we need. That leads us so perfectly into tip number two for our takeaways. We've got to balance the design with the personalities of who we're sharing that bedroom with. And these days, if it means some extra pillows because your kids are jumping in with you, whatever you've got to do to really make a concerted effort to find out what the needs of your partner, where their happiness is going to be balanced out with your happiness. And it's a combination of two characters and telling their backstories together and making these decisions and choices to really give you both an opportunity to breathe in the same space. That's amazing. And what's our third takeaway? The bedroom is the perfect place to consider enhancements and improvements at any price point. This is so simple. You know, something to consider is the item that was purchased the most online were mattresses. Wow. If you want to invest right now in a mattress and you can't get out to a store, you can always go back and look at those tags on your own mattress that you were told don't ever remove. <laughs> it's a penalty of law, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Penalty of law, don't remove them. And you can call a company that sells mattresses, say, this is the kind of mattress that I want. They can tell you what might be like the mattress that you used to have. At any price point right now, you can make small affordable changes that are going to have a big effect because when you're not spending the whole day in your bedroom and you walk in and have that new fresh reveal at night, I think that brings people a lot of contentment. There are so many things that you can do, so many different linens that you can look at and lighting and wallpaper. This could be the perfect project to focus on right now. I think a bedroom space has a multi-layered levels of thought and focus that can make people really happy in their home. And that is what we need right now, right? More happiness. Yes, we do. Rest and contentment and happiness and set decoration and, and design at home. Some purposeful thought behind what's going on in our homes seems like a huge priority. We're in our homes now 24-7 and, you know, a lot of things for a lot of people, they just kind of plopped things when they moved in and didn't put too much thought behind it. And now's the time you get to take a moment and reassess. Thank you guys so much for listening to Decorating the Set, Hollywood to Your Home with Beth Kushnick. Please make sure that you head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set. Follow us on social media at Pod Clubhouse. Submit your questions, any type of design questions with pictures and all of your problem areas for Beth right over at her Instagram at Back Home Decor. That's B-A-K Home Decor. I really look forward to seeing your bedrooms and answering any of your questions. Thank you so much for listening. And let me be the set decorator by your side. Decorating the set from Hollywood to your home is a Pod Clubhouse original production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. 
For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Pod Clubhouse.